Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Ah, we have a fantastic, fantastic and such a fun episode for you today featuring one of the best DJs in the United States. From the DMV, my friend, Nicole Mosley, better known as DJ Heat. The nation's capital has a hometown hero that spins, scratches, and blends music while staunchly staying true to her roots. You can't mute DC and you can't mute DJ Heat. This skilled talent was just 13 years old when she first discovered her interest in turntable, courtesy of a Rex and Effect classic. Ah, how many of you guys remember Rex and Effect? She then went from fantasizing about spinning records to the real thing, an indelible spark was lit, and a summer of saved paychecks led to her ultimately following her path and pursuing her passion. That small spark created a full-on flame, and DJ Heat took purposeful steps to align herself with her dream. In addition to rocking turntables, DJ Heat is an adept on-air personality with years of expertise. First, there were classes at her high school's radio program, then studying at Morgan State University that spurned into an internship at WPGC 95.5, an intentional, not coincidental experience. The position put her alongside Big Tigger, at a station bursting with talent, a chance recommendation from a fellow radio colleague led to a full-time on-air position, and DJ Heat later accumulated experience at some of the most premier hip-hop stations, including Hot 97, Shady 45, and Baltimore's 92.3 WERQ, where she currently spins as a mixed show DJ. She hasn't just pride herself on a lengthy musical lace career, she also revels in providing experiences. She often does so on stage while DJing for Grammy winning songstress Maya, and while DJing for Grammy-nominated songstress Carolyn Malachi. It's not lost on DJ Heat that there's been a cultural shift when it comes to the music scene in the nation's capital. With her tenure spanning decades, she's seen it grown and ultimately blossom, but one thing that has never changed is the true grit of her hometown. She proudly carries that with her as DC continues its plight against being diluted and silenced. She is also the official DJ for the WNBA champion Washington Mystics and the NBA's Washington Wizards. It's not her first time at the Capital One Arena, as she once served as a ball girl for the Mystics. The position couldn't be a better fit for a true Washington, D.C. sports fan. And while continuing to bask in her full circle movement with the pro teams, she's staying intentionally full with music-related endeavors. She's continuing her wrap-up show podcast and her My First Album web series while promoting her new single, City Girl. There's still much more to come for this talent who masterfully mixes aptness and art. She's only scratched the surface. You can't mute D.C. and you can't mute DJ Heat. One of my favorite conversations, chatting with her was so much fun. Man, we hit it off right away, and I think I owe a lot of that to seeing she had a nice Jay-Z album on her wall. On this conversation, we talk a little bit about music, her earliest inspirations, her favorite albums, and some of her favorite verses. We also talk about her time touring with Maya and some of the locations that left an indelible mark on her life, and not to mention food. We get into food, and let me tell you, the experience that she had in one city in Africa We'll have you laughing, and I don't think I will ever think of this food item ever for the rest of my life without thinking of Nicole. She's brilliant. 
She's dope. Just honored and thrilled to have her on the show and excited for everyone to meet her. So let's go and bring on talented DJ and someone who fully represents art and culture of our nation's capital, Nicole Mosley, DJ Heat, and let's learn. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Yeah, I love the Takeover album right there. Listen, uh, yeah, these are all originals of my, from my record collection still. <laughs> you know, it's hard to let go of the vinyl. I feel you. For you growing up, I mean, I'm looking up at the albums on your wall right now, but for you growing up, who were some of the earliest musical acts that you remember listening to that, that got you reading the music? You, you're probably going to laugh when I say it. You know, um, most, people, most people preface it by saying that. Most people are always embarrassed by their like, childhood songs that they like. Yes, I was, I was a, a super hardcore MC Hammer fan. Nothing wrong with that. Listen, I named my dog after him. I had the MC Hammer posters on the wall. I had all his cassettes. I had, we, he came out one day with the MC Hammer Barbie doll. Like, I had the MC Hammer Barbie doll. Like, <laughs> I was, that's some of my early memories right there. And of course, just being that, that young teen girl. And, you know, we had like the groups, like, of course, New Edition, The Boys, Another Bad Creation, you know, me, Crisscross, I have the Crisscross album up <laughs> behind me. So, yeah, those early memories before I wanted to be a DJ, it was just, I guess, just being your, you know, your, your typical kid, just, you know, gravitating towards what you thought was fun. Fresh Prince, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, did you have the British Knights that Hammer wore? I didn't. I wanted them <laughs> so bad. Like, people at school had them. Yeah, yeah. But I knew my mom, she was a single mom. You know, she had to work hard. So certain shoes, I know, I, I couldn't really bother her for because, you know, yeah. money had to go towards other things in our household. But if they ever bring them back out, I'm ready. Yeah. I caught Hammer one year when Jodeci was the opening act, Boyz II Men was the middle act, and Hammer was the, was the finale. So. Oh, my gosh. I never saw him in a concert but I did get to meet him a few years ago when I did an event for uh, Robin, Griff uh, Robin Griffin III. I used to play for yeah, Washington. Yeah. Um, he had a youth camp, and I was the DJ. And one of the guests was MC Hammer. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I'll be a and I love that he's been trending on Twitter this, this last couple of weeks as well. I saw. People don't <laughs> understand. Listen, don't, don't let them baggy pants fool you into dancing. <laughs> I know you got this natural love for music. When did that transition into first becoming a DJ? Um, the, so this, this is another funny story. I, I know the exact moment when I knew I wanted to be a DJ. And it's all thanks to the Rex and Effects Rump Shaker remix. Okay, okay. The Teddy Riley one, right? Yes. Because yeah. on the remix, it had a DJ scratching on it. And I thought it was such the coolest thing when I heard it on the radio. Like, I used to just look forward to when I heard the, the remix on the radio, like, oh, it's going to be the DJ part with the DJ scratching. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting, like, so amped up hearing that part of the song. And after, you know, hearing the song so much, you know how a lot of people, you know, would play air guitar along to a song <laughs> or play, yeah. like, air piano or air drums. I started, like, air DJing every time to that part. Every time I go, chick, chick, come on, come yeah. on. Like, I would start mimicking it, even though yeah. I've never been around DJs myself. I'm just knowing what I see on music videos, and I would mimic that every time it came on. And I, I said to myself, like, you know what? I want to be a DJ. Like, I really enjoy hearing this DJ on this song. <laughs> I think I want to be a DJ. Yeah. So, you know, when I got my first summer job when I was 13 years old, I saved up every single paycheck and bought my first set of turntables. 
and the rest is history. Little did you know that the the air DJ thing you'd probably end up hating as you as so many people walk by and do the exactly. They go, oh, they go wicked, wicked, wicked. Cringe, 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 cringe. It's <laughs> just like, ha, 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 yeah. Never seen that one before, guys. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, in order to be as successful in the DJ as long as you have, I'm sure you've had to change many times along the way. So how do you feel you've changed over the years? And what do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started? Oh, man, the, the changes over the years definitely, um, you know, t- the technology totally changed because, you know, I've been starting with vinyl records and, you know, turntables and now you know everything we have serato we have controllers now which you know it could be a gift and a curse to, to some people I'm not, I'm not one that's gonna you know shun technology and and innovation with anything you know i'm glad i don't have to carry a bunch of crates around oh yeah oh yeah anymore <laughs> like if anything i just gotta expand my you know external hard drive every few years <laughs> and stuff like that that's that, that's the only thing um as a dj side of things with the changes is you know I, I think one thing that I wish I knew then that I knew now that of course and I'm also still learning as I go as well that it's not going to be easy with any route that you take I think with with anyone in creative and music and just whatever career that field that you choose we get so frustrated when we feel like we should be given the opportunities or, you know, why isn't this door opening for me, but nothing ever comes easy. And, you know, those challenges make us appreciate it more once we finally get those wins and we finally get through those doors. So I I would probably tell my younger self, you know, don't, don't get discouraged. It's going to be a lot of things that happen. And also don't worry about age and time It's going to happen on, on, in this due time because i know again in music and the entertainment industry i I think it's we tend to focus some so much on you got to be young to do this and i'm like no you don't you don't you know this is this is timeless like music is timeless you know Mm -hmm. we have acts that are still doing great things after all these years you know and especially now in hip-hop we never thought as hip-hop as something that you could grow old with we always thought about it as a young person's game but we have a lot of acts that are still you know nah still putting out great music (laughs) after all this time so it's showing us you know age really doesn't matter it's all about you know the quality of of what you're doing as an artist i think it's almost unique in that dj's a career that perhaps the older you are you you have an advantage because you actually live that you live back we can sit and talk about Motown Philly and, and how it was popular. And whereas if, if you're younger, it might be hard to be like, you just look at it on a list. So it's almost yeah. like age is an advantage in that sense. I know that many DJs now are open format, but at, at the root, they always start with, with whatever they grew up and what they love and hip hop yeah. for many. So for you, as time went on, how did you broaden your musical knowledge, maybe with a different genre that you didn't know much about, but you knew that you had to learn for more marketing opportunities? Um, I think one thing that helped me broaden things as a DJ and even when I play like some of the music now, I, I think back to wow, when I was a kid, I was really laying a foundation is that I became so addicted to music that I would watch, you know, MTV all day when they still showed music videos. I would watch VH1 all day when they would still show music videos. And I'm just 
And, you know, it was like a mixed bag of music. You know, MTV VH1 wasn't showing just one genre. You know, it was just everything that was like the top that was popular, you know, all your or top 40, as they called it. But even those that was, you know, breaking through the top 40. So that definitely helped me and just, you know, just kept me into it, you know, because I'm watching, you know, artists like who knew I would be heavy into like Third Eye Blind, you know, we got, and I could still, you know, play some Third Eye Blind tracks, or into like Leakin Park, or into Billy Joel, or anything like that, it's just thanks to, you know, really, really just loving music, and being into it, and like, alright, I'm just gonna, you know, this this works, and especially the, the 2000s, where it became, I think it became cooler in the 2000s, for us to, to like different types of music, because, you know, everything was, I think, was crossing over. You had more artists doing those collabs from different genres, you know. You had, you know, Christina Aguilera doing songs with, like, Nelly. You had this and that. Everything was starting to cross over. So that really helped as well, you know. As bad as the fashion was in the 2000s, it gave us, <laughs> it gave us a lot of a crossover collabs that helped expand our, you know, musical palette some more. Music and then the NBA, two of my favorite loves. And you get to yeah. combine them. You get to combine them in perhaps... When people say going to the office, you might have the best office <laughs> there is on the planet. So I'm curious for you when it comes to DJing there, how does the mentality change? How is that different from perhaps a regular nightclub gig? Oh, man. Um, the mentality of DJing in sports is totally, totally different from a club. Because a club, you could probably get an idea. You know what the biggest songs are. You could almost be somewhat predictable. In a club setting, you know, like, all right, this is the top bangers. You're going to drop it at this time of night. Or if somebody's having a birthday, you know, you're going to have this song for, for their birthday. When the bottles come out, they probably want this type of song you're feeling. Now, with sports, um, especially in crucial points, you got to cater towards the action that's happening in the game. Like, for instance, if there's... 10 seconds left in the game, you know, we call a timeout, we just went on a run, like what type of song are you going to play for that? Or, you know, this is about to be the final possession. This could, like, this, if, if we score, we will seal the win, you know, because it's tied right now with two seconds left. What song are you going to play at that moment? So you really, really, like, one, you got to have a, a good understanding of, of the game that, you know, whichever sport that you're playing with. And, and then it becomes like second nature because it's like, all right, you, you just have a feeling now, almost like a coach or something like, okay, they, they're going to call a timeout. So let me get this song ready because I know after this possession, they're going to score because of the time left on the clock and whatnot and the score. Somebody's going to call a timeout. Let me have this ready for the timeout. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point. Am I right about it being the best office in the world? Listen, to be in an arena with thousands of people, like, it's, it's amazing, and I grew up, like, a huge, I'm, I'm a fan of all DC sports, so yeah. to be DJing for the teams I, I grew up watching, like, it's crazy. Yeah. When it comes to a club gig, I've always thought about DJing as a relationship with the crowd, like, you got to get them to trust you, mm -hmm. and you, you give them what they want, but then at times you're like, all right, I'll give you what you want, but let me show you what I think you'll like, and you get, it goes yeah. back and forth, so for you, how do you foster that relationship? How do you develop that trust over the course of the night? Um, you develop that trust, I think, uh, with there are certain go-to songs that a lot of us know for certain situations that we know, like the crowd is going to get into it. Um, I'm always 
super super open to feedback from our bosses because you know they've been in this a long time and you know they would toss out suggestions like one game we had last week she was like let's try this i was like shoot that sounds great yeah let's try it then i was telling her while on my headset I was like yo the people over here the section next to me they're going crazy like you know thanks thanks for this suggestion right here so some of it could be you know trial and error but you know some you know you're gonna do it and, and win and work out with or with, with me I'm always like listening and if I hear something else I may jot it down mm -hmm. or you know if I'm in the car listening to something on the radio and a song plays I was like oh let me like Shazam this so I gotta go back and download it and try it and you know some things like that work because um one song that I ended up playing um during the Mystics Championship run in 2019 like we really adopted that as our pump song <laughs> Like, even my boss was like, yo, what is this song that you playing? I was like, man, I saw this song. I have to give it a try. And it just worked. And, it, you know, it, it, I felt like that song helped carry us all the way to the championship. <laughs> yeah. You know, much like basketball, when they talk about having a heat check, when you just, you're feeling it, and you just got thrown up and just to see if you're going to continue on the streak. Mm -hmm. I think of that DJing as well. When you got the crowd to where they love and everything you do, you can take a little more chances and it's, it's a mm -hmm. lot more fun. So it's exciting. And I like to say, like, the heat check song. What's your heat check song that when things are rocking, you can maybe do something a little different because you know you got the crowd with you? A little different because I know I got the crowd with me. Oh, man. Like, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. Like, okay. if, you roll up, if you roll up and you hear Laffy Taffy, I'm feeling uh -huh. myself. I'm feeling myself a bit. So. <laughs> Oh man, what what's the, what's the one for me? Probably like, it's I, and I don't want to make this like my simple go to. Um, I I really love playing like it takes scoop with DJ oh, yeah. Cool and Fat yeah. Man Scoop on it. Um, being in DC and you know we have go go music here in DC. Like you could throw in some go go songs that you know nobody else is going to get anywhere else. Like. Yeah. There's another, like, we know DJ Cool for, you know, a lot of his, his big hits and, and, and movers, but he has some regional hits as well. Mm -hmm. So I could play something like, is DC in the house? Say what now? And everybody knows what to say back. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one of his big regional songs, stuff like that. So when you're feeling yourself like, you know, let's, let's get super DC with it. You know, let's remind these people that's here, you know, to see the, the opposing team. Like, nah, this DC. You're about to get super DC with it and watch this. Yeah. Gosh, as you look back on your time and your career, uh, I always like to think about what are the biggest songs you've ever witnessed firsthand? I know that like Kanye and Jay, when they had Paris, that song just crushed it. But for me, the biggest one ever was 50 in the club back when, when a DJ played it, stopped it after he finished playing it, got on the mic and said, that song's so hot, I'm gonna run it back. And I've never seen it since where a song was so popular, you could do it twice. So for you, what do you think's the biggest song you've ever seen? Best reaction where it was just, just crushed. All right, this is gonna be... <laughs> This might go left field. Uh, I used to DJ at a gentleman's club. <laughs> so that big era when, when French Montana had popped that okay. with Drake and Rick Ross. Yeah. And I was at one of the biggest gentleman clubs in the city that celebrities would come to, like, you know, Floyd Mayweather would come through. Drake mentioned the club in a song. You know, you know, you know when Drake name drops a a club in a song yeah. that lets you know. So the club I was at was called Stadium Club. Like Dave, David Guetta came to the club one night. Like I was like, David. 
He was dog. He was definitely like, lost. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was an EDM club next door, so he just decided to couple, couple it over. The, yeah. the convenience, right? Yeah. He had a, he had a show next door. Like, might as well come on. Yeah. But yeah, I think about that era, just the vibes and just everything you think of in a music video. That's cliche with the bottles with pop and dancers going crazy and money flying everywhere. It 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 takes me back to that. But on the other side of things, it because it, it reminds me of when I did one of my first major gigs. So that's probably why I relate to this next song I'm about to say. Um, I did an event called Sneaker Pimps, yeah. big, big you know sneaker show. And they had artists perform and whatnot. And I dropped the clips kind of like a big deal. And to hit a crowd like, so that was my first time doing a gig with a big crowd like that. So to hear, like you said, that moment for the first time, because I dropped a clips record, I was like, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I like this feeling. And, then, and, and from that, it just got me gassed up where I got into my bag and I was like going in with, with mm -hmm. the joints and like, you know, with, with the classic hip hop joints, you know, I was able to drop Jay allow, uh, Jay-Z allow me to reintroduce, yeah. you know how people get for that. Yeah, yeah. Because I know like, all right, I got, I got, you know, this is a hip hop crowd. I could drop these joints. They're going to go crazy. But I checked my Twitter later. Like, it was like, oh, DJ, he had this such an amazing set. So, yeah, but it, it all started when I dropped clips kind of like a big deal that said it all <laughs> i love i love when a song like that jay-z track you mentioned how it didn't get any radio play it wasn't a mm -hmm. single and i love when album tracks like that become popular it's it's it blows my mind how that happens but it's one of the biggest ones to play yeah i'm, I'm obsessed with the play count edition on serato i wish it had been there years ago i'm just obsessed <laughs> with it uh, so what is your current what do you think most played song in the last few years and then what do you think it would be if you started a play count from when you first started? Oh my gosh, if I started on play count when I first started. Ooh, I don't know if I like Wale, no hands, uh, well, Waka Flocka and Wale, no hands come uh -huh. to mind. Cause again, I was working at the gentleman's club. Yeah, gotcha, so yeah. it was a certain thing, but no, that and was- And another regional track too. Right, and another regional track, and it's another track that carries over like just- yeah all over that you can still play you know what's another one this would be crazy all right so you're gonna learn something about me like of course if i'm doing like parties and events i love we all we all know listen if the women are dancing that's the key yeah i don't care what the guys want to hear right these women are, are are dancing and going crazy right now so uh I, I remember i used to be part of this this test program where i was uploading everything and you were able to analyze the most played songs. So I think at one point, one of my most played songs was uh, Don't Go Soldier Boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Because you'd be surprised, it's a big, and I could probably still play that with certain certain age groups okay. here in DC. And it's, it's crazy how, you know, you might not think of it as a big record, but for like club wise, <laughs> like Soldier Boy, you got Don't, as soon as that, dun, 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 it's like, yep. listen. The women okay. or you know you can play you know juvenile back that up type of yeah. thing like it's so that, that gives you the vibes of what type of parties i was probably doing. 
fun parties. Fun parties is what you fun listen, yeah. fun parties. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I haven't done Donk in a while. I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm gonna drop it this weekend. I'm gonna, I'm listen, gonna... give me, let me let me know. Don't blame me if it don't work because you know you always gotta you always gotta know your audience, but I just know like listen, they as soon as you hear that yeah. I'll, you know, I'll segue that from my Laffy Taffy time. That'll be a good one. I'm gonna throw out a BPM, a genre, maybe a time of the night, and you just hit me with the first song that you think of because I know oh, like, you, got the, you got the DJ brain, so it works. It works so fast. It works oh so my fast. Gosh. All right, it's 10:30, a little early. Give me something hip hop, 100 BPM. Something hip hop, 100 EPM. Uh, around that BPM, you could do like uh, Mr. Cheeks, uh, lights, camera, action, camera action type of thing. Uh, everybody's been hating on this song as well, like Headsprung. <laughs> Hello, cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been. I think it's been a running DJ joke on Twitter with some DJs I follow yeah. about everybody's been trashing Headsprung, uh, 100 BPM. He's like, oh, hey, 100 BPM. You know what I think? 100 BPM. I always think about uh, more West Coast type. Yeah, yeah. When I think 100 BPM, so I think of like YG. I think of like like that was like Tiger's yeah pitch right there. Right. Like you could probably throw in like taste early or something like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, still a little early. We'll go you know, kind of about the same time. A little more dancey. We're at like 120 BPM, but pop. 120 BPM pop. Uh, Gaga's Just Dance okay. comes to mind. Just dance. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 120 still early pop. I'm thinking Cake by the Ocean even. Okay. Talk to me, baby. <laughs> That's funny how you know the DJ brain because I'm thinking mm -hmm. like every day 120 BPM. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the crowd. And again, since she's saying it's early. Oh, you could throw, okay, because everybody, listen, pop Lizzo, uh, Lizzo's Juice. That's 120 uh, BPM. So depending on the crowd, and it's funny, like here in this area, there's a line dance with his next song I'm going to name. But again, depending on the crowd, because some people don't like the song because of the content, uh, blurred lines. Yeah. yeah. I, I know it's, it's an iffy song, depending yeah, on the yeah. crowd. Some people, you, you had those people that like, oh, you know what he's talking about? No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. But then you have like the, the line dance people, because there's a line dance that goes with that song. Yeah. And like the first time I, saw, I played that song and saw people line dancing to it, I was like, I didn't know there was a line dance to yeah. go with this song. Yeah. So that's why I say it depends on the, the crowd. <laughs> All right, we're getting peak hours. Um, mm -hmm. But you're doing more of an EDM, high energy set, just 128 BPM at 1, 1 a.m. Woo! 128 BPM at 1 a.m. We're playing shots, baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to write, still peak hour through that time, 115 <laughs> a.m., mm -hmm. 75 BPM. What are you hitting them? What'd you, what'd you hold off? What were you holding off and waiting to drop? Uh, hip, -hop, hip, -hop. hip hop, yeah, because the biggest songs around that BPM right now would be yeah. Super Gremlin, Kodak Brat, yeah. um, and uh, Pushing P, Gunna, yeah. you know, uh, some young boy, uh, Right Foot, like all that. I'm like, a, it's, it's like Gunna Too Easy, they're like, they all around, they between that 75 and 80 range, and those like yeah. the biggest range right now. But you know, like Super Gremlin and Pushing P is like the two biggest records right now. If a song is hot as a hip hop track and it's it's slower, it's at like sixty. Do you play it at sixty or do you pump it up a bit? Um, I usually still play it at that tempo. Um, I probably speed it up, maybe not too bit because I know that the the average listener that really really loves the song 
they they still gonna appreciate it at that that regular tempo. Um, if it's something newer that hasn't caught on quite as bit, I may try. But I've learned now that you know with with, with this younger generation, they they listen to everything slower. Anyway, yeah. it's like I can't. <laughs> Sometimes I just feel like oh, I need some more songs with energy, but. To them, that's their their younger crowd. That is their energy, yeah. right there. Like they'll still turn up to a song at that tempo. <laughs> you have a great vinyl collection. Thank what, you. <laughs> what is your top three all time best hip hop albums? My top three all time best hip hop albums. Woo! Um, I'm a big fan of Jay Z's The Black Album. Mm-hmm. That's the top one for me. Um, I was a huge West Coast fan growing up. So I'm going to say, about to, about to give different regions. So we, we got the Black Album. Um, I'm going to go West Coast with it. Uh, Tupac's All Eyes on Me. Yeah, that's mine. one of mine too. Yeah, and then I'm going to go down south with, uh, with Outkast. I, I know a lot of people like to say like Equimini and other stuff, but um, for me, like I really love their debut album, yeah. Southern Playalistic, yeah. because that, it just had me hypnotized hearing that, listen, organized noise. <laughs> that production, hearing that on Outkast's debut album is like nothing I've ever heard yeah. before. Just just the sounds, man. You gonna, you gonna make me listen to that album after this. Yeah, me too, I'm gonna do the same. <laughs> I'm gonna do the same. I would have a All Eyes on Me, Dark Fantasy, Kanye. That's the uh, those are. Ooh, kind of my, my yeah, three. definitely, definitely like Dark Fantasy. It's so. I don't many. know. I don't have a third, but my those are my top two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, woo, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, my friend's gonna get on me to hear this. Like you didn't mention my Dark Twisted Fantasy. <laughs> you know what else they probably gonna get on me for not mentioning? Because um, especially people that knew me growing up, I was a. I have this Fuji's vinyl behind me. Huge fan of Fuji's The Score. Okay. I got excited when they announced that tour last year, but as we see, it didn't happen. I don't think we're too surprised. <laughs> What's your favorite verse by Jay-Z? Not the whole song, just one verse. Mm, um, Amer- on American Dreaming. Okay. Where he goes like, surviving droughts, I wish you well. How sick am I? I wish you health. I wish you wills. I wish you well. I wish- Listen, American yeah, yeah. Dreaming. Mm. See, I, for me, ironically, his, I think his best verse is actually on a Kanye track. It's on the Diamonds remix where he says, I'm not a businessman. I'm a man, business. I'm a business, man. Let me handle my business, damn. How about favorite yay verse? Woo, favorite, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. I was just about to say when I was working out today, I was working out to the, uh, the College Dropout album. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, you know, like a lot of people, I, I I just finished watching the Netflix documentary. My favorite Kanye verse. Dang. It might be on something on. I really like the opening of um how you opened up by a beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah. Mercy, mercy, me that mercy a lot ago. Yeah. Um college dropout has some great moments every time I listen to two words or oh we major on late registration it might be yeah i think i just i love the chorus on we major <laughs> two words is, is, it's funny because at the time i didn't appreciate two words but it wasn't because of the documentary and you see him do it back the the, the video of him with with most step you're like okay mm-hmm. i gotta re-listen so now i've been listening to that a lot Listen. mine's actually on um 
you remember the dilated people song this way oh yeah that's my favorite yay verse yeah I don't know what's better, getting laid or getting yeah, paid. There's no one I'm getting one. Others getting away. Getting away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man, we better be careful because we keep talking music. We're going to be here for hours. So I, I know, know, right? <laughs> Listen. Listen. Go ahead and be finishing all the lines. You see how the lines just come to me as you say? <laughs> I know. That's what You got that DJ brain. So right. before, I, before I get you out, I got to know, you attended school at Morgan State. So what was it like? Oh, man. What are your first memories that you think back to? My first memories is just my first time being away at home, even though, you know, I uh, grew up born, born and raised in D.C., Baltimore is only like 45 minutes away, but it's still a totally different world. Like, everybody, everybody would love to be known. Like, D.C. people would be like, we're not like Baltimore. Baltimore people would be like, we're not like D.C., and it truly is two different worlds. So that was my first time, you know, being away from so long, but that helped lay down the foundation for me with a lot of things that I do now because, you know, that's where, you know, I met other friends that were super into hip hop and, and talking music. You know, I was able to discover the record stores up there where I could still, you know, shop and, and buy music or, you know, I, when things came out on release date, you know, I was still, I still remember like, okay, when Cannabis album came out, cause I was a huge Cannabis fan. <laughs> I remember, you know, leaving my dorm to go to the record shop across the street like and that was so cool like morgan there was a record store literally like across the street from our, our dorms in the shopping center so i was like okay cool you know i got a record store right here on release date i could just literally just walk across the street when common dropped uh one day it all makes sense you know i was able to cop that from from the shop um and also Morgan is where it helped build like a lot of some music relationships because I was the I was the entertainment editor for the school paper, oh. so I got to do you know some pretty cool interviews. I got to, I got to interview Cameron, I got to interview uh, Alchemist, <laughs> I, I got you know I got to meet you know Rest in Peace of Prodigy, I got to meet Mob Deep and interview Mob Deep, you know Aaron Magruder from the Boondocks. So like cool super moments like those from being at Morgan and you know is and is what helped cultivate me to get into radio because you know you can't get an internship unless you're in college so that that laid the foundation for me to get my my internship and, and my first you know job in radio yeah yeah this has been okay. cool I, i've been loving the music <laughs> talk man yeah I always man yeah I, that's why i knew we'd hit it off right away yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the jay-z right there that's that's my guy right. um, <laughs> nicole this has been so much fun I oh, gosh, I'm so glad that we, that we met. What's coming up? What do we got next coming up as far as oh, events man. or shows? And then also, how can people follow you? All right. Listen, I'm going to get real simple. You can follow <laughs> me on all socials at DJ Heat DC. I keep it real simple across all my social media. If you just want to go directly to my website, it's djheatdc.com. Things that I have coming up, man, traveling again since, you know, we're getting back to quote unquote normal. Out here, you know, with shows coming out, uh, still DJing for Maya, so she has some shows coming up. Uh, I'm looking forward to Washington Mystics basketball season. It's the 25th anniversary season, so good stuff with that. I just want to have a great summer, man. I, I got some other things in the stash I'm not going to reveal just yet, but, you know, you, you, you'll see, trying to have a, a very nice hot girl summer. <laughs> well, you just, you just piqued my interest by saying, I didn't know this about you. You're DJing with Maya. Yeah, yeah. 
that's me being speechless right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been her DJ since, like, 2016. I did not know this about you. Ooh. Yeah, man. Yeah. She's, she's super cool. She's super cool. She's cool people. She's a great, great person to work with. One of the most humble artists that you will ever meet. And, again, I'm not, not just saying this because, you know, I'm her DJ, like, uh, we met when I was working in radio. So I already knew her for like a few years from working in radio and then she she had a show in DC one day and she reached out to me. She was like, hey, he, you're probably busy, but do you know somebody that could DJ my show in DC tonight? <laughs> and I was like, I had bought tickets to the show. I was going to be there. Word. So that's kind of crazy. <laughs> now, did you did you say that or did you play it cool? Yeah, I told her. I was like, I had okay. already bought tickets to the show. I was going to come out and support you anyway. Okay. So I was already going to be there. So I ended up just giving my tickets to, you know, my, right. my another friend, the friend I was going with. You just, we just got one another friend to come through. And it's been, you know, since that, it's been, it's been a heck of an experience. Got to, you know, travel the world, lots of different countries, and have fun with somebody that's a, a real great and genuine person. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, I was going to say I'm going to make it a point to see you at a Mystics game, but I think, <laughs> I think I just changed my motivation. And I think I'm going to catch you at a, at a Maya show instead. Let's do it. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> let me know. Just let me know, man, when I'm in your town. Like, hey, come through. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah. Of all the places you've been, what's the spot that you still think about because of the food? You're like, hey, Maya, on the next tour, can we veer that way? Because I got to get. Listen, I already know what the answer going to be. Nigeria. Because okay. it was my first time I had jollof rice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and everybody tells you, jollof rice will really change your life. Okay. I know there's a battle between Nigeria and Ghana between who has the best jollof rice. But I think because, you know, it was my first time, like, okay, I'm finally getting to try this rice. I'm in Nigeria. Like, this is what, you know, a lot of people rape. I took that first. I ate, I, I ate so much jollof rice. The, the, listen. I ate a lot of jollof rice. <laughs> I, I was like, I get it now. I get it. Like, my friends were sending me memes about people. My friend, one of my friends sent me the funniest meme about some preacher. He was having a sermon, but he went off about talking about how good jollof rice was when he first tried it. And I was like, I get it. Like he's in church. Thank God, yeah, yeah. Listen, he had to thank the Lord for trying that jollof rice that he had it in his sermon. I was like, yes, I get it. That's exactly how I feel. I want to go to church and praise this Joloff Rice as well. <laughs> you know, of all the people I've talked to, they, they ran and raved about food, but I've never had anybody compared to a religious experience of pass the offering plate now. Listen, I, I have to find that clip and send it to yeah, you about yeah, yeah. that pastor going off about Joloff Rice. <laughs> Was there any location, too, that I know that you're busy and going from show to show and you don't have a lot of time to be a tourist, but was there any location that when you, when you visit there, it was one of those just surreal moments like, wow, am I really here? I can't believe I'm seeing this. Yes. Um, also DJ for another artist. Um, her name is Carolyn Malachi. Um, she's a jazz singer. Um, she was Grammy nominated as well. And we did an Armed Forces tour in 2017. We did like... Um, I think seven different countries in the Middle East. Cool. Um, and one of the stops over there, we, we went to Egypt. Ah. And we, we only had a short amount of time in Egypt. It was one of those in and out. Mm -hmm. But of course, we we're like, y'all need to make time for us to see the pyramids. Yeah. <laughs> and to, to be there, to see, we see the pyramids on TV, we see the Sphinx on TV. To be right there to see the Great Pyramids, mm -hmm. like, 
humans really built this. Yeah. To see, like, it's... And we always hear about, like, how mathematically it is and aligned, and, but to really witness it, I'm like, they really... It's really a lot of awesome math and science that went into this when you just see how it's perfectly lined up. And it's like, yeah, so Egypt is definitely amazing just to just like like wow like i'm at i'm at i'm at the pyramids like wow like this is this is the sphinx right like this is crazy (laughs) and the sphinx was smaller than i thought i was a little surprised yes yes it is i listen i tell everybody that i was like listen this sucker is smaller (laughs) yeah and how about the fact that like we've always seen the pictures of them and we think it's off in the middle of the desert but it's right there in the city right there it's just chilling you got all these vendors out here next You know, we're on these military bases. We went to we went to Kuwait, uh, Jordan, Bahrain, and uh, Abu Dhabi in Egypt. Yeah. So, but while in Abu Dhabi, we was uh, able to check out uh, Dubai. So that was oh, pretty Dubai's cool. Great. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm blessed that you know music has been able to take me to these different places. And again, another thing that I want to stress that I said earlier for for people don't don't worry about age. <laughs> Because I'm at a point in my life, I'm I'm in my forties, so I'm like, who knew? And, and all this, a lot of this stuff has happened in my forties, <laughs> these experiences, and you or late thirties, and just when you thought you probably a lot of people like to count themselves out once they hit a certain age or in their thirties, but now I'm like, it's so much. I'm learning. It's so much more, and I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> you live in one of my favorite favorite American cities. Yeah. Also, a secretly great food location. Ooh. So for someone visiting, they got all the tour stuff they're going to do, but when they're ready to eat, what's the food recommendation? I take all of my friends that come from out of town to visit, I take them to Busboys and Poets. Okay. Um, my, everybody knows that is my favorite restaurant in D.C. My friends say I have an addiction to it. Because the food, so the best thing on the menu to me is the blackened salmon. Okay. You take one bite of that blackened salmon, it's, and it has like a lot of different options. It's so cool. Like they have open mic nights. They have they do a lot of stuff in the community. They do a lot of social justice work as well. You know, so a, a friend of mine had her wedding reception there. You like you could really, they really stamped themselves as you know a place for the community. And you know they have several different locations. I could actually say I've I've actually ate at every location. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually was there like yeah over the weekend. I was just there right. recently, <laughs> but it, it's something for everybody. Even when my diet changed, because you know at one point I was vegetarian and was eating meat. And then when I got back, I never had to stop eating there yeah, throughout yeah. all of my dietary changes over the years. It was still a favorite that I could have there. So yes, bus boys and poets. That's where I take everyone. Really, and no one and no one has said. That they didn't like it, they all love it. <laughs> Perfect. This was awesome, and one of my favorites. This was this was awesome. This was. I got like a, awesome, a barrel of questions I still want to ask you, but I'm gonna hold it's off. It's all good. Listen, we can do a part two, you know, but down the line, like the end of the year, next year, because like I said, I have a lot of things coming up, and this was great. Like I, I listen, I've done a lot of interviews in the last two weeks, and so and this has been the most fun. For me as well. So I'm, I'm listen, I'm excited. I got to talk I'm, to I'm crossing my fingers that so the next interview will be in person in DC. That's the way. Let, let, we're going to make it happen, man. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm going to let you go because I know we're going to keep talking. But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm okay. going to put an outcast in the car on the way to the gym. So just uh, that's all. I'm listen, that, listen, <laughs> I told you, you about to make me crank this outcast now. My neighbor's about to be mad. They're about to hear some outcast. <laughs> Nicole, you're the best. This was fantastic. You are too. Thank you so right. much, Randall. This was awesome. Take care. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation, Nicole. Wasn't she remarkable? Wow. An amazing woman. Give her a follow on social media. And for more information, check her out at djheatdc.com. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>